Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had some great guests in the studio and you're going to hear from Stefan Dennis, uh, Paul Robinson from uh, Neighbours and also Jimmy Anderson. Mm. And uh, we had a bit of a chat, didn't we? About three bits of chat. <laughs> yeah, I like okay. to monitor them. <laughs> yeah, I think basically they'll all be edited together. You won't be aware of the bitty nature of them. But uh, yeah, and we've got an extra clip for you uh, at the end. So enjoy. <laughs> Should start with the fact that uh, it's a bit self-indulgent, but I've done a, I've done a piece of artwork. Yeah, and uh, it's not it's your one. Your your artwork. I mean, I've watched this. Basically, when you're when you're selling uh, your work for millions, <laughs> uh, I'm going to think I was there at the start. I didn't. Really? I, you're a man that didn't know you had any kind of artistic skill at all. That's did you? very true. But I, you I have. The, well, the thank you. In, it's of the naive school, but it's mm. it's very good. It's very effective. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I, I put them on Instagram, and, and people seem to like them. So I thought, well, you know what? And people say, can I buy them? And I thought, oh, I don't really want to sell them. You know, they're not sure. I wasn't very confident about them. And then I thought, well, oh, look, I'll get some printed up, and I'll sell them on behalf of Willow. A wonderful, yeah, the Willow Foundation. Wonderful char- charity, and uh, I think they're reasonable. They're limited edition. They're signed. And uh, hopefully people... It could be worth something one day. Look upon them as an investment, (laughs) apart from raising money for a great charity. uh, So uh, we're going to tweet out the details on TSH&J. I will as well. And uh, you can uh, go along and you can uh, buy some of Andy's art. There's a Just Giving page, and uh, at the moment it's just one piece up there, but I'll put a few other pieces there. You did the Last Supper of England cricketers, didn't you? It was the last tea interval. The last tea (laughs) interval, that was it, yeah. I am planning my next one. very ambitious, actually. It's Rembrandt, the Night Watchman. (laughs) Is it Derek Underwood? It will be. I'd like to think it will be, yeah. Honestly, what what I do is I sort of appropriate famous artistic images. Yeah. And then I put my own little doodles You've in. You've done there. a bit of Roy Lichtenstein recently, yeah, didn't you? I've that, noticed that one. Yeah, pop, but with pop Robsons in it. Yeah. There's often a bit of sport, a bit of f- football in it. So, uh, but anyway, I, sent, I need to obviously, I'm hoping that I'll, I'll sell a few. So yeah. I'll need and some cardboard tubes for the posters. Oh, yeah. So I said to my wife, um, can you look up cardboard tubes? So, uh, see if where, where we can How get How much are they going to cost? Buy them in bulk. Yeah. So, about sort of half an hour later, she said, uh, Nike. I said, what? She said, cardboard shoes. <laughs> and they do actually exist. Car- you can, f- Nike do make cardboard shoes. It's a, they're, they're kind of an art installation idea, but yeah. they're, they're brilliant. So, um, uh, there the, you go. My wife, as you've got, she said, buy some of Andy's art for your office. I really like it. So, oh. what about that? Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Well, she, you might have a sale there. <laughs> Good. Well, I'll let you have. Good. I'll go early. I'll, I'll, I'll go and get a dizzy. I mean, I want a dizzy. I'd rather give the money to the charity. <laughs> well, it's, it's not going to me, which is a good thing. Yeah, it certainly is. So anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, go and check it out. Uh, Andy, anything else? Oh yeah, I was just about, about to do a quick T twenty top of the show T twenty birthday spread. Yeah, uh, is Pele available? Well, oh, Pelle's always, Pelle's he's always on hand. Pelle generally yeah. is available. So it's yeah. a very, very happy birthday to the mu- musician um, from the Zombies, Rod Argent. Rod Argent, yeah. Where's yeah. Pelle? Oh, I can't. We can't. Well, go, go, you, go, you did slightly oh, throw Pelle. it. At him. You did slightly. No, no, I mentioned to him about five minutes ago. Oh, okay. And the producer, but no, you know these things can happen. They can happen. Yeah, we're going to count some slack. They've got a oh, good yeah, lineup well, today. It's always oh, a very good lineup yeah. today, really. Yeah, no question about. It. Sky considering making the cricket final free to air. Yeah. So I think it's a really wonderful thing, and I really hope they do it. And I think it, I've advocated this for years. I, I said to you that they years ago. I said when Sky got the cricket, give one test. To Channel yeah. 5 or Channel 4. It's a 4. bit of a taster. This people. is a taster. It'll be great it's for It's easy for you to say you're not spending a fortune on rights, but no, I know what you mean. But, I do know but what I you mean. I think it, it, it's a dish driver for me. It <laughs> yeah. has to be. And yeah. uh, and it's great for the sport. But anyway, that's just my thing. Happy anyway, birthday, Rod Argent. Rod Argent. He's been in the studio, hasn't he? Came in. Did he? Yeah, I'm sure he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, once. Well, that's even more. I should have known it was his birthday, but yeah. no one told me about it. Oh, I oh, It's <clears> too late to say I'm sorry. It's Here we are. If you know your zombies, you've got to. Uh, you've got a fighting chair. quite a famous song. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Rod must be early set. I mean, he's wearing well. 72, Rod. Very good. 74. 74, not so bad. by you, as usual. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Eden Hazard uh, made his appearance yesterday yeah. in front of 50,000 adoring How did that feel? Fans. It's never great, is it? No, I remember when Bale hard. did it. It's yeah. not a great feeling, is it? No. It's not, you know, but he, he, I can't do anything but wish him well. He's such a brilliant player, such a brilliant bloke, so that's what I wish him. Uh, unlike uh, Thibaut Courtois, who also forced his way out of Stamford yeah. last summer, Eden is obviously going to be good for us. I'm sure he's going to adore this club. I think he's better than you had the season you had, yeah. which was pretty terrible. Yeah, you you've wanted him to bench. crash and burn, haven't you, really? Well, I didn't Just like the, the way, way he left. There. You know, there's a right way and a wrong way, and Eden did the right way, and Thibaut did the wrong way, in my view. But there you go. Um, do you know sometimes you see a mm. kind of transfer rumour you think, what a good fit, that is a great mm. fit. And today's great fit transfer rumour oh, yeah. for me is Joe Hart to Stoke in, uh, for Jack Butland. Yeah, that do makes sense. That look, doesn't it? it? It just does, doesn't it? Yeah. It dovetails, you just think he'll go there, uh, I'm sure he'll do a very good job, big club, good fan base, yeah. uh, he'll, he'll shine, could get them back up. You know, he Absolutely, need, yeah. he, needs, he probably needs to be the number one somewhere, yeah, doesn't he? When, when he had a long run in the Burnley side, all right, Burnley yeah. was struggling, but that wasn't entirely his fault, and uh, yeah. yeah, he did all right. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. He's, I mean, he has been pretty brave along the way, hasn't he? To go to Burnley knowing they had, you know, two other keepers there, and then sort of Heaton did come back in and, and, mm. and play well straight away. Yeah, and they did tighten up after he came back, that is yeah. true. But he so. had that, he had a, I mean, that was that... It was kind of in, look. Tom Eaton's a good goalkeeper, but it's, it's indicative of his luck that he came in and had a brilliant game in that first match and kept him in a match mm. and turned. And it, it was very key to turning the season around. But um, that's a good fit. I just mm. hope it all happens for him anyway. I was reading a uh, very good diary in the Sun, uh, World Cup diary by Claire Bloomfield. It's always mm. about sort of interesting things every day. Uh, this one interests me. Training accountant and country music fan Leah Williamson brought her DJ decks to France yeah. and is getting plenty of requests from her teammates at dinner. And you think, 
you can't be a DJ. Country music is it's not that it's not what normally DJs play. Isn't no, it? I think I, I think maybe she just sticks a bit of country in there. I don't <laughs> really? know, a bit of modern country. Maybe she does. Maybe she's she does. Playing the country. She's not playing Charlie Pride and uh, <laughs> no, no. Tammy Wynette. I think she may, like? maybe oh, slightly updated. Uh, I forgot her name now. Brilliant country singer. Oh, I'll remember in a minute. Um, I was reading an obituary of Royce Mills, the guy who was the voice of the Daleks. Um, <laughs> tremendous, and he, he, he revealed how he did it. And he, 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 I always used to think it was sort of like the BBC radiophonic uh, workshop or some sort of the treatment. And he, he said, no, all we did was you hold your nose and use a really old microphone, one with a broken diaphragm. Really? So, so the microphone would be sort of a bit wobbly. And he'd do it like this. Well, and it's amazing, isn't it? Was it was all quite low-tech, then, wasn't it? Was it? Very it low-tech. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> no, I suppose it shouldn't have surprised me either, really. Yeah. But uh, there you go. Well, I'd mention it. <laughs> the, um, do you see this story? It's a yeah. bizarre story. This is a chef uh, claimed to have made the world's biggest donut. Um, I tell the moose at ears, his ears have pricked <laughs> up. Yeah, eleven thousand four hundred and sixty <laughs> calories. And the maker of this donut, this is her name, Julia Guglia. Julia now, if you're, Guglia. Yeah, if you're if you're of the Guglia family, you know what should we call our, our new Don't baby call her girl? Julia. Don't call her Julia if you're called Guglia, really. That's just you know, saddled with it for life. It might seem like a bit of a cheap laugh after a couple of glasses of well, beer. It's, it's but not worked against idea. her. She's a world record holder. Going back to Eden Hazard, did you notice that the Madrid fans who went and watched him in the stadium were saying, we want Mbappe? That is some sense of entitlement. Oh, they've I got, hate it? the Madrid fans. <laughs> I really, you always wish them bad. You know, you do, the whole team. They've got, it was great when they went out the Champions League this year. It was fantastic. I was so happy. Well, you'll always be welcome at the Bernabeu. No, well, I won't be. Uh, we're talking world records. James Ferguson, 34, yeah. the Sun tells us, hopes to break the world record of 15 minutes, 7 seconds for spinning a cushion on his finger yeah. in Gateshead, Tyne. It doesn't really matter where he is, does it? Yeah, <laughs> really? I, yes, I think the atmospherics in Gateshead are much better. <laughs> we'll try and catch up with him next week. Uh, but, I mean, we, that's quite... I can't even imagine doing it at all. I mean, it's not the sort of thing you could spin on your finger, a cushion. Well, we'll have to find out if it's a special... Leave it the producer, he'll line him up next week. Okay, He's yeah, far we'll too yeah. busy today. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Everybody needs good neighbours. Well, we've gone with the original music, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> yeah. because uh, our guest in the studio, oh, making a welcome return, Stefan Dennis, of Paul Robinson and Neighbours. Uh, Stefan, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you guys. You, yeah. uh, day one, scene one, you're in. So I believe, yeah. Wow. And uh, I, well, we actually just watched it on television. I was on uh, on this morning earlier on, and they uh, cringingly showed me the very first episode, the end of the first episode, of course, where I was dressed in a, uh, a nappy, a baby corner, <laughs> and bib. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as you do. But it's gone full circle. Because <laughs> it's called it's, acting. I don't know why. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's quite raunchy now, Neighbours. Yeah, well, we've it's just changed, hasn't it, in the last year or so? Yeah, I think it would probably be going on a year now. We've got the PG rating, which it's amazing, the difference. Um, we've been G-rated since day one, and it's, it's we were never allowed to show the barrel of a gun. You couldn't show blood. You couldn't show. You know, I mean, I, I, right in the very early days, we weren't allowed to say the word toilet. We weren't allowed to say the word pregnant. <laughs> really, wow. we had to say having a child. Um, <laughs> toilet, toilet was just never mentioned. <laughs> no. um, Did you want to say the word Paul, toilet? <laughs> well, Paul Keane actually broke mm. that because um, he, he had to leave a scene, and he said to the director. The director, he said, what's my motivation for just suddenly getting up and walking out of this room and going into another room in the house, in his house? Um, and the director said, oh, oh, you know, what do you want to do? And he said, 
So he goes off and comes out and they actually had to, if you watch that episode, and I wish I knew the, the number, if you watch the episode, they actually had to uh, put in, in post, uh, the sound of a flushing toilet. <laughs> He didn't actually say, I'm going oh. to the toilet, but yeah. yeah. It'd be great if you could get Quentin Tarantino to come in and direct a couple of episodes. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, now it's all, loosened up a bit. We, we always <laughs> boast about having neighbours after dark, and God, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine. Would yeah. you, does it mean you've had to go out later in, in Australia or not? In no, no, same no. time slot. Okay. It's just, yeah, I think that, yeah, you know, the whole uh, the tribunal over there is sort of loosened up a little bit, and it's still still strict. I mean, we can show, now, we can show a game gun uh, being but you can't have it uh, pointing at somebody. I right. don't think you, you can show the gun but not being pointed at somebody. Yeah. You can show blood now but not too much. Right, okay. um, for example my character was belted over the head just recently I won't tell you the storyline but got belted over the head with a crowbar Yeah. and you think yeah well that's going to be <laughs> graphic. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Not a, bit of blood. not a bit, not even a bandage on that. <laughs> like the A team. Could have yeah. bashed you in the leg, you wouldn't yeah, have felt yeah. it. Somebody lobs a grenade into a Jeep and they all get up, sort of dusting themselves yeah, down. Yeah, we it. should also say, though, that the, the acting is, it's always been because it's not easy being in something that's on five episodes a week and there's a lot yeah. big turnaround. But well, act- we're actually shooting six. Oh, wow. yeah. But the acting recently has been amazing, and it's been recognised, hasn't it? The yeah, six well, nominations. Exactly. That's that's been a while. Uh, you know, fair, while for, fair time between drinks for uh, a, a, that many award nominations. We get a, a, a nominated every year, um, and we're always up for most popular or best drama series. But to actually uh, be this normally, it's, we sort of get ne- knocked off at the first round. Mm. But we've actually made it right through to the end this time. So when, when it started, did they give you a time scale? Did they say, yeah, we're going to do sort of ten shows and see how it goes, or did? That they made a long commitment to it. When you um, you're talking on. right at the very yeah, beginning. Right well, it's funny you're... because, and, and I've told this story before, I, I I never wanted the show. I never wanted to do it because mm-hmm. I was a, an aspiring uh, true thespian, darling, and I don't do soaps. <laughs> um, and, and that really was my attitude, and and, uh, and I hung on to it. And my, my agent eventually talked me into doing it, and I said, oh, look, God. All right, I'll do it for three months. She said, no, no, you've got to do it for a minimum of six months. I said, oh, all right, I'll do it for six <laughs> months. I said, it probably won't last longer than that anyway. A corny show called Neighbours, come on, give me a break. <laughs> and the, the weird thing is, ironically, I was almost right because it lasted seven months um, before it was axed on Channel 7 and then, right. of course, two months later, Channel 10 picked it up and ran with it and here we are today. Yeah. But it's, it's it, I, I think it was it was given a six-month sure. trial. Yeah. It was an amazing moment in, at Christmas where, uh, because Reg Grundy was the guy that created yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, they, they well, actually, no, Reg Watson created it. Oh, oh right. Yeah. But Reg There's, Grundy had something to do with it, didn't Reg he? Grundy were, he owned Grundy's, which, yeah. which were the producers of Neighbours. Because oh, you had this so thing Reg, where... Reg Watson, sorry, didn't stop you there. Mm. Reg Watson uh, still sits back in his villa in France <laughs> collecting his cheque each week. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice one, nice. Reg. Has he got good neighbours? I mean, do we know? <laughs> I would hope so. It's about 12 miles from the <laughs> next villa. Yeah, but I love the idea they came up with this character who lived on the corner that we'd never seen at all in the 35-odd years. And, and well, then, like her indoors. Yeah, in she was called Mrs Grundy, wasn't she? She died and everybody was terribly <laughs> upset and you think, we've never even seen her. Yeah. Like, oh, no, hang on. No, no, her... her. Yes, she was Mrs... No, she wasn't. Now, this is the funny thing. Talk about G-rating. Her name's Mrs Punt. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But her dog, which is, and this is how incestuous we all are, her dog was uh, Matt Wilson, who plays Aaron on the show, Aaron and David, the uh, gay couple. Um, his dog, Timber, was Mrs. Punt's dog. 
uh, who is called Regina, who is, that's a, a tribute to Reg, Reg. Watson. Did oh, you ever have any... Reg Grundy, Is sorry. there any kind of Mrs Punt outtakes out there somewhere? That, I'm they, sure. For the, for the Christmas sure, party? I'm sure I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> he's an interesting character, isn't he? Because he's like, mm. he's kind of the, there's a kind of East Enders equivalent, the Ian Beale, that there's kind of pathos about him and there's times you feel sorry for him, but he's a... He's got a touch of JR about him Reprehensible too. character most of the time, but you, people do, there are people that like like him as well. It's an interesting mix. From an actor's point of view, it must be interesting to play. It is, and I think that's probably the reason I'm still doing it, mm. um, or doing it again, I should say, because I've been back, I think it's fairly common knowledge now that I came back for two weeks, uh, uh, a guest appearance as Paul for two weeks for the 20th anniversary. That was 15 years ago. Oh. I just mm. kept saying, will you stay, will you stay, will you stay? All right, no worries. And a little, little bit of that. Oh, yeah, the money well. helps. Yeah, yeah, of course. His character's become slightly nicer, but he's still very controlling, isn't he? Yeah, and, and I think that's, you know, the, it, it's it, Paul's not a black and white character. He's not just an arch villain, uh, moustache twirling arch uh, villain. God, that was hard to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he, yeah, there's, there's a lot of shades of Paul, and he's now at the stage where, I mean, uh, uh, those who know him well know that he's. It, terribly, terribly, uh, first and foremost is family. Mm. That's the most important thing to him. Second most important thing to him, of course, is money. Um, yeah, fairly even balanced. Right? <laughs> um, and I can't believe he gave up that penthouse to go and live I there. I know. I was so <laughs> sad the day Who'd they took that off that? me. <laughs> well, oh, his love for Therese, come on, let's get a break, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've but, got uh, Denise Van Outen in... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah she's just... You're uh, filming some scenes at the moment, aren't you? She, well, we finished, actually. We okay. were filming the other day in St James Park, which was yeah. interesting. Great, great, uh, nice, quiet location. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Um, but, yeah, it was great, because I hadn't worked with Denise for... Oh, two and a half decades or something, wow. and back when she was doing uh, Big Breakfast. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, she's a real sweetie, and it was great. She slotted straight into it. Um, mm. And the good news for us is she's actually going to uh, continue that character on for a minute. She's coming back out to Australia, or coming out to Australia for, I think, a month uh, as a guestie to continue that storyline. Brilliant. I'm yeah. available. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you want to do a walk-on, don't you? Well, right? just in the, you know, Harold's just yeah. sitting there having a coffee. Yeah. Well, my, my grandchildren uh, are getting older and older, so there's a chance for you, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's it. Could be, you, could be like a bit. you always want to be a mascot. <laughs> 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 You're ridiculous. I was mortified the day they you. did. <laughs> mortified. They gave, first of all, they gave me a 10-year-old grandson out of the blue, and then yeah. the next thing, they give me a 19-year-old grandchild. I'm like, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, good to see you again, Stefan. Yeah, thanks very much for coming in, yeah. and the continued success with the series. So when are we going to see those those scenes with Denise going uh, In about three months. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah. That's just so working well breath. Wait. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Joined in the studio now by uh, England bowler uh, Jimmy Anderson. His new book is Bowl, Sleep, Repeat, Inside the World of uh, England's Greatest. I think you'll find it's England's Greatest Ever Bowl. Well, that's what it says on the cover, just to remind <laughs> it, us. Well, it is. I didn't come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a great, fun book, though, because it's, it's kind of... You've written it with Felix Y, haven't you? And Felix yes. has been in the CS from the Maccabees. You do a podcast with him. Yeah. Mm. And it strikes me, because Felix is a massive cricket fan. And this is like all the questions he probably always wanted to ask you about cricket, the kind of minutiae. Some of the silly stuff as well. Absolutely, it's spot on. Yeah, so he came up with um, all the chapters. The, the yeah, it's basically questions that either he had in his head or fans have asked me over the years, and yeah. just bits of of you know behind the scenes stuff, like in the dressing room and little quirky th- questions that he's yeah he's dreamt up over the oh, his cricketing. Life as a cricketing yeah. fan, yeah, and it's also there's you've got there's some practical stuff. I know Andy's going to love this because there's some kind of practical stuff about bowling as well that you've kind yeah. of you've talked about. So it's a bit of a manual as well, isn't it? Yeah, so that you know, lots of deliveries that I've um, sort of developed over the years. I've tried to as best I can and as simply as I can um, describe them in the book. And you know, there's a few little pictures of the wrist position and yeah. seam position and things like that to try and help people if they have the inclination to try it, give it a go. And the Aussies have just ordered 11 copies of the book, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It goes right back to basics, because we get down to the James or Jimmy thing, don't we? And it's Jimmy on yeah. the cover. And it strikes me, we, we were chatting about this Maradona documentary the other day, and we got talking about the Paul Gascoigne, Gaza thing, two different people. And you admit mm. in the book that you're kind of, you're almost like you're Jimmy on the pitch and you're James when you're not. You are, you have to be a different sort of person because you are by nature quite a shy, reserved person. But what we see when you play cricket, that's not you at all. So you have to kind of turn it on and become somebody else when you play to an extent. Yeah, well, it's something that came quite naturally to me. So I'm, yeah, generally quite shy away from cricket. Um, once I get on the field, the competitive edge sort of takes over. Um, and for years it kind of turned into anger and aggression um, and just getting frustrated with myself and I've had to sort of channel that over the years and mm. so I chat a bit about that in the book yeah about trying to use that still keep that competitive nature and that competitive side that gives me an edge uh, over the opposition but channel it in the right way and you're aware that's important though you say you know that if you go on as if you go on as James on the cricket pitch you'll kind of know maybe your career's coming to an end because it gives you that edge doesn't it yeah, I, I, every time I'm too nice on the field, I don't perform well. So I, I try, you know, if, if, even if things are going quietly on, on the field, I'll try and, whether it's spark an argument with a batsman or whatever it might be, just to get uh, the juices flowing and, yeah. and, and get me bowling well again. So, yeah, it's it's kind of something that I've tried to work on. And, yeah, if, if I do... Uh, start becoming a bit too James on the field, then I, I might be time to hang my boots up. <laughs> but you're, I mean, it's amazing the, the curve of your career. I mean, it, you know, it, most people coming to your age will be going on a downward curve, but your career seems to be you know, upward and steady and improving and experience and so much more about it. I mean, you must be delighted the way it's 
kept going. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's kind of a, a mental thing as well. People think, you know, in sport, when you get to a certain age, you've got to, right, it's got to be my downward spiral now. Mm. Once I get to 32, 33, it's got to be about it. Um, but for me, I still have the, the same love for the game as I had when I was 12 years old. And uh, I still got the hunger to learn and, and develop. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that my body's in good, good shape. Mm. Um, so as long as that keeps functioning well, then I'll try and keep bowling. You Definitely. say, though, you, you, you can't remember a time when you've played without pain. You think that's true of all fast bowlers because of the nature of the mechanics we put yourself through all the time? Yeah, more often than not. I mean, you talk to sportsmen and women around the world, they whatever sport you play you, you generally have some sort of niggle or something bothering you or you could walk down the street as a as a you know a, a normal person and you, yeah. you've, you've got some sort of issue um so it's kind of again it can be in your head as well if you if you think that it's hurting and it, you know it's you're struggling with it then it, it can have a big effect on you but you've got to try and block that out and mm. Um, yeah, for me, it's I still have issues with my ankle, which have been on uh, going on for for a number of years. But I guess you just kind of get used to um, putting up with it. Yeah, have you? It's interesting. Something that comes across in the book, as you say, how much you you still love and have always loved cricket, and you talk about the dressing room being your natural environment. And there's an awful lot of talk, especially well, especially as in cricket, in all sports, when cricket about the kind of mental health. Have you thought about an exit strategy, Jimmy? Because it strikes me that. You're one of those people that that might find that transition difficult because you clearly are in love with the dressing room, in love with cricket. I mean, have you thought about how you might move on to the next stage of, of your life? Well, yeah. I mean, it's something that, um, if I'm brutally honest, it scares me a bit because I've I've done it for 15 years. I've been a professional for 15 years, and it's it's all I know. It's like you know that that dressing room environment, like you say, it's what I love. Um, and and having people around you, it's like a com a comfort blanket. You know, having those people there. Uh, that the help and support of those people is, is something that I've got used to. So it is definitely something I'm thinking about and seeing people, you know, Robin Smith just brought a book out and talked talk candidly about mm. his struggles uh, when he finished playing cricket. So, I'm, you know, it's something that not just me, but every professional out there is very aware of. Mm. Um, and I'm very... Uh, um, I, I want to make sure that I have got something in place for when I do finish. Swanee says you're a natural coach. He says that in the book. You talk about him, he talks about you. Do you, do you, do you is that something you think about? Yeah, well, I love I love talking about the game and talking about bowling. Um, whether I can, you know, go through that. The, the as a coach, you still spend a lot of time away, and I, I do feel like at some point I've got to be uh, a husband and a dad again. I, I'm, I do a lot of travelling with with cricket, so mm. I want to spend some time at home. So whether it's taking a a, a bit of time out uh, just to weigh up what I want to do when I finish, you've done a bit of commentary though. You can see yeah. you enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I enjoy that, but again, it's just sort of dipping in and out of it. It's something different at the moment. Um, you know, once that come, if that ever became, um, you know, life, then I'd, I don't know how I'd, I'd feel about it. So it's just, I, I guess, yeah, having a few options open, keeping my options open for when I do finish. Um, we'll talk more with uh, Jimmy Anderson shortly. His new book, uh, Bowl Sleep Repeat, is uh, out now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Uh, Jimmy Anderson with us in the studio. His new book is great fun. It's called Bowl Sleep uh, Repeat, Inside the World of England's Greatest Ever Bowler. And I'd like to, again, some of the silly stuff you deal with. is typically the kind of questions we Felix would have asked you, like, who's the worst bloke to be around when they've just got out? And uh, you, you go through the eight. Ben Stokes, you mentioned, you've got to give him quite a wide berth <laughs> yeah. and a big room on his own. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I think it's really important as a as, as a teammate to learn each sort of individual's traits and 
some get more angry than others. Um, so yeah, you've got to be just wary of what app- if what the situation yeah. of the game is. I mean, if someone's got a hundred, generally they're they're okay. Sure. But a low score or getting out at the wrong time, you know, Johnny, we're watching Johnny Bairstow at the minute, uh, and he's he's someone who can be, a, you know, quite disappointed when he gets out and <laughs> you know things are going uh, the other thing as well with cricket you've got so much equipment to take off mm. everything goes flying so the helmet the gloves the bat so you've just got to watch out yeah and NASA you mentioned uh, uh, as well in your earlier days was a bit like that yeah he was um, I mean he'd lose it on the field as well I remember <laughs> one of my first one day games we were we were cruising it we were um, beating Sri Lanka at Perth we got 280 they were 180 for 8 we're winning the game comfortably and he was not happy with something. He's just he was an absolute perfectionist and mm. he'd be sulking on the field and be ranting in the dressing room after and he yeah, <laughs> someone that um for me it was great as a I was a youngster, I was twenty years old when I first came in the side, so for me he was great, but uh, some of the more senior guys in the team not too happy with it. No, no. How do you feel about not being part of the one day setup? Is that is that tough? Um, yeah, I think yeah, it, it has been tough, but I've kind of got used to it now. It prolongs uh, your career. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it gives me a nice, uh, some nice sort of gaps in the the calendar in between test series to actually look after my body and keep in shape and keep fresh. Mm. Uh, so in that way, it's good. And also, I, I've just loved watching the, the how this one day side's developed as well. They've been absolutely phenomenal under under Owen Morgan and Trevor Bayliss. I think they've just gone from strength to strength. They're just the best team in the world to watch mm. for me. They're, they're you know fantastic talent all round. Ben Stokes is incredible. That catch in the first minute. Yeah. It, it was ridiculous. Only, I say only him, but, you know, it was pretty special, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm, I mean, he's the sort of guy, he, t- he takes catches like that every day uh, in, in practice. You know, he works so hard at his fielding, uh, well, his, his game in general, but he's the, the, the one in, uh, one of the guys who'll be out there at the end doing extra catching and things like that. Um, and there's not many people in, in, in world cricket that can change a game mm. with bat, ball or in the field and he's he's one of those guys The nice thing about the book is some of the insight of the, the guys who are currently in the team and <clears throat> you say well, who sits where in the dressing room and who sits together and you have to tell any newbies that come in that you can't sit next to Moeen because that's where Adil Rashid sits because they're, they're inseparable <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah well there's generally a, you people get kind of uh, lucky spots as well if you yeah. sit in a in a certain place in the dressing room then that's and you get runs then that's your your spot for the foreseeable future and yeah if someone a, a new guy comes in and they sat in your spot you have to tell them to clear off uh, and yeah we we had a when Cook, cookie and um, Graham Swan were in the team we'd sit sit generally in the same order mm. uh, because those two guys were were quite well certainly Swanee was superstitious uh, so you kind of just have to look after them and sit in the same spot. Yeah, there's a good section on superstitions, and some of them. I mean, it's 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 I don't know, it's it's debilitating the level of superstition <laughs> some players have, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, and I, that for me, mm. I've I've tried to get rid of any that I used to have. You know, I used to have like the old school, put your left shoe on first or your left pad on first, mm. and things like that. But the, more, the longer my career has gone on, I've, <clears> I've realised it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever yeah. to your performance. Um, but there's still guys that have got incredible levels of superstition, um, and you just again, it's kind of in the same way when you 
someone gets out, you've got to know how to behave around them. Yeah. With the superstitions as well, you've got to know how to... You've got to indulge them exactly, to an extent. Yeah. Because it makes those players play the way they Definitely. do, rightly or wrongly, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I love the bit about packing your coffin for a tour. And uh, you talk about yeah. what you take. See, some <laughs> batsmen take about 15 bats. So I don't really need to do that. But just one box, Jimmy. You say, well, I suppose you only need one box, don't mm-hmm. you, really? Yeah. Hopefully. <clears throat> yeah, with a bit of luck, yeah. Um, but yeah, th- there's, a, there's a big... Um, difference between batters and bowlers when it comes to packing as well because yeah. batsmen tend to be very neat they fold all their kit <laughs> bowlers will just shove it all in <laughs> one bat will do um, you know Steve Harmison one of my favourite ever uh, teammates him on tour was amazing he'd, he'd borrow Michael Vaughan's pads just to get his dartboard in his, his kit <laughs> um, get loads of chocolates and sweets and DVDs box sets and things and he was yeah he definitely shied away from the cricket kit to to get his sort of extracurricular yeah. stuff in. We should touch on the Ashes. Well, we? it got to, yeah, yeah of course yeah. we have, yeah. It's a, it's a big summer as well as the World Cup and uh, it's an interesting thing because I, I was saying on the show that I don't think booing Smith and Warner is a great idea and I thought the gesture by Cody was brilliant the other day and spot on and I think you tend to agree, don't you? Because it, it in, inspires them, doesn't it? What, what, we don't want that, do we? We don't want them inspired. No, absolutely not. I think, yeah, the, knowing them and having played against them before and how they respond to that sort of thing, um, whether it's sledging on the field or booing by the crowd, they mm. generally, they'll, they're going to up their performance for that. And I, I know from our point of view as well, seeing Stuart Broad go to Australia, and he, it just made him more determined to do well mm. Mm. Um, when, when they booed him. So it's kind of, yeah, I, I understand people are, uh, are not going to like what they've done. And yeah, they'll do, like, what, they'll do what they do. You know, yeah. That's it. There's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. But. But I think, you know, it's in the past, isn't it? Like we've, I'd rather it was not talked about, and I, I've got a feeling it's going to be talked about, but I'd rather that what's gone on has, has yeah, gone. You, Let's you focus look at players, on. I mean, we're talking about Best, though. He played with Warner in the IPL. They were yeah. brilliant. They got on really together. well. They yeah. got on really together, well, yeah. you know. So in the end, you know, you're all cricketers, and, you know, you have to, on the field, that's one battle. Off the field, have a beer. I mean, yeah, it's got to sure. be like that, hasn't it? Is it still like? Have you noticed that change to me over the years, or is it still pretty much like that? What having a beer? After, yeah, just yeah. the relationship between. The, the I teams. think the relationships of, um, sort of with the IPL and and the amount of, um, you know, T Twenty cricket around the world, and certainly a lot of our England lads at the minute are playing in these competitions. Big mm. Bash in Australia as well, so they get to know a lot of the players um, outside of cricket, and and you have a different sort of relationship then, and I think it does go onto the field as well when you play against them um, and I think that it was like that in the past as well you know the, it, it was more of a social um, game you know it's sort of talking like beefy's era 70s and 80s where you, you'd kind of you had a rest day on the Sunday and everyone would go and have a barbecue at someone's house and <laughs> you know it was kind of you get to know people that way um, and it's gone going back to that because of the cricket we play it did it for, for a while in my career it's been kind of you know there's been that much cricket you kind of just go from ground to ground and you don't really have time to spend with, with the opposition. Isn't there so one series where the Aussies refused it. they thought it was a bad idea to do this to, to come in and have a have a drink with us and sort of kept their distance that wasn't that Yeah it was, there, was um, it? I think it was it was Michael Clark's last series as uh, as captain for Australia Alistair Cook was England captain and he invited him and the Australian team in after the first test match at Cardiff for a, for a drink uh, and he refused. He said, no, I'll, we'll do it at the end of the series. So oh. just each to their own, I guess. That was a great just, time for you, that, that particular yeah, game, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, <laughs> Mon- Monty was in this week. So. Yeah. Uh, just a quick one on the current setup. Have you been surprised at Jofra Archer and how well he seems to have settled in and the impact he's made so far? 
I don't think I've been surprised. No, I think um, the way he's performed in, you know, he's, he did the big bash, he's done the IPL, uh, and the way he's played for Sussex over the last few years, I think it was no surprise that he, he was going to perform the way he, he has. Uh, he's, you know, the pace he's got is frightening. Uh, what he brings to the side is, is, you know, he gives you that extra bit. With him and Mark Wood in the team, gives mm. you something really special. Uh, and it's brilliant to watch. Yeah, he bowled well today. Yeah, really and him and uh, Mark Wood both did three wickets each, didn't they? Mm. I think so. Excellent. Would you be lovely to see you and uh, have a great yeah. summer? Because if you, you do, we will as well. <laughs> <laughs> very um, true. Now, honestly, the book is really great fun. Now, you and Felix done a cracking job on it. It's really very entertaining. It's called Bowl Sleep Repeat Inside the World of England's Greatest Ever Bowler by Jimmy Anderson. And it is uh, published by uh, Octopus Books. It's out now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. So there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Do recommend Jimmy's book. It's very good. Um, anyway. If you like your cricket, obviously. Uh, one extra clip is from Fisherman's Blues, Andy, isn't it? Yeah, my wife won't be buying no, it. No, she won't be buying it. I don't think my nan would have read it, but if you like cricket, you'd love it. Yeah. And uh, here's Nigel. Uh, talking... Nigel Botherwell and Fisherman's Blues. Yeah, who else is it? Hello, no. Cody. Just feel free to just <laughs> explain. You're not talking. Yeah. Hello, Mum, it's me. Just explain things. Oh, people know who Nigel is on the extra clip. Yeah, anyway, it could be well, Nigel here's Ni- Havers. Here's Nigel Havers with his fishing show. Yeah. <laughs> And here Nigel's talking about uh, how he stood in for Nigel Botherway and met some people. I'm off to Tarpon, uh, Tarpon Fishing with Plum Bobs in October with Mark Taylor. And um, talking to Mark Taylor, I uh, I went and had lunch with Joe Taylor. Yeah, a lot of Taylors in there, aren't there? You reckon they're related, the two Taylors? No idea. Okay. <laughs> what was the point? Yeah, well, yes, good point, actually. Uh, anyway, we'll leave it there. And you were making the point that many of your uh, clips for... Um, Fisherman's Blues are straight to DVD, aren't they? They go straight to DVD. (laughs) Some some of them don't even make this section. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. We'll catch up with you on Monday. You've been listening to the Hawksby Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.